And I learned that at the Valley. I had a pretty rough rookie year. And I felt like I came from a program where I didn't feel like accepted for who I was. And then I got to a program that had open arms to me pretty much the entire time. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Cheer Up. Today on the podcast, I have a very special guest, a young lady by the name of Haley D. Lynn Smith. She is a former TVCC alumni cheerleader and is currently attending Weber State University. Uh, my chat with her was very extensive, was very long, which was, it led to a two-part episode. So you will see her again uh, on part two. But other than that, it was a great conversation with Haley. I love chatting with her, getting to know her and getting to know her story, which is pretty unique. And you'll be able to see when you see the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, so without further ado, here's Haley D. Lynn Smith. So okay. what's going on, Haley? How are you? How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Um, so thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I think you're a great candidate, a great, I mean, role model for kids coming out these days. And uh, I just wanna, I just want you to share your story here on the podcast all the way from where you were when you started your cheer career or when you started doing any kind of tumbling or anything like that to where you are right now. So tell me a little bit about your okay. journey. So my journey is kind of different than most people that you will speak to that are cheerleaders at this level. I actually started cheer two years ago. So I was an elite gymnast up until I turned 18. And I had no cheer experience uh, prior to my first year at Trinity Valley. Um, Bonte and Monica actually found me, um, at my state gymnastics competition in Dallas back in 2019. And they had no idea at the time that I had never cheered before. And I just went to like a little cheer clinic at, I think cheer athletics, cause I was already in Dallas for state. And I just went for jokes. Like I just wanted to go like, check it out and stuff. And they were like, uh, Monica was the one who approached me first and she was like, would you ever like want to cheer in college? And I was like, no, never. <laughs> I was like, absolutely wow. not. Because in gymnastics, like, I know in gymnastics, it's like, why would you do that? You know, why would you cheer? And then I went to a couple practices with Navarro and I was like, whoa. I was like, this is awesome. I want to do this. <laughs> and um, after a while, I started conversing back and forth with Coach Bonte and Franklin a lot. And I went to visit the Valley one time and I just knew it was the place for me. I was like, I want to be here. And they signed me in December of 2020, and then I started my first year at Trinity Valley in 2021, and from there, um, I had an awesome time. It was super hard to pick up certain aspects of cheer, like tumbling, standing tumbling, because in gymnastics, it's all spring floor and super floaty back handsprings, and it took me a while to figure out like how to speed up my tumbling and things like that for dead mat. Um, Partner stunt came really easy for me. It felt just like bars. And I was doing back dubs, uh, hitting world's first back handspring triple ups, like three months into co-ed cheerleading. Wow. And it was a lot of fun for me. Um, baskets, I started doing that last year. And those also came really fast to me. It felt just like trampoline and gymnastics. So my second basket I ever learned was a pike open double, which is crazy because that's like the hardest basket out there right now that people are like on team USA doing stuff. So um, oh. after that, I got a lot of notoriety in partner stunning world. Cause I was the first ever true freshman to place top 10 at UCA partner stunt with a partner who was also a true freshman. So we were both 18 years old competing against like the greats like Elsa and Matt. And it's cool now because I'm on a team with them here at Weber and all the people that I like looked up to when I first got into cheer, they're like my teammates now, which is awesome. And um, they're all really awesome people that kind of mentored me and guided me to where I am now. And um, after getting that notoriety, uh, Summer decided that she wanted to sign me. She talked to me my rookie year um, at UCA partner stunt. And then again, at NCA Daytona this last year. 
And she was like, if you want to come down in uh, October, we're hosting a USA combine here and also team USA trials will be there. So there'll be a lot of people. And she's like, and I want to sign you. And if you sign right now, like we'll guarantee, et cetera. So I was like, I'm signing. I was like, I'm going to Weaver. <laughs> and like, no questions asked. Right. And I, I just couldn't think of a reason to not go here. It's the best of the best. So now that I'm here, uh, I've been here like two months now. And it's everything that I could have imagined and more. The, the, um, mindset of the athletes here is on another level and I really miss that a lot uh, my first year at cheer was a lot of fun because I spent a lot of time growing you know just learning how everything works in cheer and then my sophomore year it was more about like giving back to the program and teaching all of the upcoming rookies and stuff so I was just ready to be in like a new environment where I can also grow and um, I learned I feel like everything that I needed to learn at the valley and that's why I was ready to come to a program like this because um trinity valley really helped me like learn how i want to treat other people and how i want to be seen as a teammate and i feel like i would not be able to be at a successful program like this without going to the valley first so i have no regrets wow that's pretty amazing so let me ask you this why you. when monica um reached out to you what made you wait or what was what was it like to why didn't you go to Navarro first and then and then you mm -hmm. chose Trinity Valley what was that determining factor so for me it's kind of the amount of the recruiting process I would say a good way to word it is like so keep in mind this was pre-season one when before Netflix had even came out when they both reached out to me so and I again oh. was didn't know anything about the cheer world so I didn't I didn't even know who Navarro or Trinity Valley was and and I'm also like really big into academics and stuff like I want to be a biomedical engineer so when two junior colleges reached out to me I was like no and then uh, season one came out and I was like, mom, that's the lady that was recruiting me at Cheer Athletics. And then I I had already gone and uh, visited and done a bunch of stuff there. But when they blew up, like Navarro blew up from season one, like Monica just got really busy, you know, and it was in Franklin and Vonte just made a very consistent effort to like drive all the way across Texas to come visit me in my hometown multiple times my senior year of high school. And they were constantly like on the phone with me, on the phone with my family. And it was just like they were going above and beyond with the recruiting process, too. So I could tell that like they really, really wanted me there. And also Valley vibes are just a different thing. Like just oh, really? being in Tr Trinity Valley, the cave, like it just hits different. And I, that was like an environment I wanted to be around where. I'm like constantly having the opportunity to where I can practice at all times of every day. And like, I seriously think that that's the reason I progressed so fast in cheerleading is I was spending at least four hours outside of practice every single day, my entire rookie year. Like I was practicing like a good six hours a day total doing stunting all the time. So, and I liked how the Valley had the cave, which is where we all go to do stuff like that. Wow. But in reality, you didn't even like you didn't even get to see what Navarro was at the time or or what they could offer you because, you know, um, they um, the TVCC coaches pursued you more than Navarro did. But um, do you have friends at Navarro? Oh, yeah, I was still at Navarro all of the time. Um, I was there. I was actually the only trinity valley athlete that did their all-star team this past year so i was over there practicing with dustin and monica which was cool to get coached by like both programs in the same year so i did the world's team uh cta empire is what it was called and now it's top dog um i did oh. their level seven team with them and we actually did really good like our first time ever competing as a team we qualified to day two for finals at worlds and i think Wow. I don't remember what place we got, but it wasn't bad. It was a good, it was good for like a first year. Right. Oh, wow. That's, that, that's pretty amazing. Yes. Only two years in cheer. I, from watching your videos, I would have thought mm -hmm. that you've been doing this forever. Like, yeah. Um. so tell me, I know you're, you have an extensive background, I, you know, in your Instagram bio. 
Um, tell yes. me from the very beginning of mm -hmm. when you were little, how did you get into gymnastics and, and then mm -hmm. going on till now? So um, my mom had always wanted me to be put in like some type of athletic activity. I've always been an energizer bunny and I need to like get that outlet. Like I'm constantly on the go. And that's actually funny though, because even now I'm like that with the boys I sat with, I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And I forget that they're the ones throwing me, like they need a break. <laughs> and yeah. So my mom was just like, first put me in dance. I was doing like jazz tap hip hop, ballet. And then I started doing like flips and stuff. And she was like, Oh, you need to like do gymnastics. So they put me in these little beginner classes. And then um, once I started like just chunking stuff by myself, like I didn't even know how to do a back handspring, but I was just throwing my body. Like I've never really had a fear factor over anything. And I also think that that's helped me a lot is I don't really get scared to try new things. So it was more like a my mom was trying to protect me and she's like, we need to get you some good coaches to teach you how to do this stuff safely so you don't uh, hurt yourself. So I got moved up to club gymnastics, which is like um, levels. It's USAG levels. So you have level one through level 10 before you get put on like a U.S. national team training for like the Olympics and stuff like yeah. that. So I started all the way from the bottom and then I worked my way up. Um faced a lot of detrimental injuries just because gymnastics is extremely dangerous. I've literally broke like every part of my body that you could think of my neck. I've had so many concussions, shoulder displacement surgeries. Like it's just been, it was one thing after another from about like seventh grade up to my junior year of high school. And all of those injuries just kind of put you out for a while. So, and it's yeah. really, really hard to play catch up in gymnastics. Like you notice the difference in your muscle strength and all of that, even being out for as little as two weeks. So it was more like my body just wasn't built for like that high caliber of gymnastics past like level 10. I got up to level nine, level 10, uh, my senior year of high school. And that's kind of where I like stayed at. And then that's also around the time that I figured out what cheerleading was. And it's funny because my whole entire family were cheerleaders, like my mom, grandma, aunt, uh, my aunt was actually alumni at Texas Tech co-ed. She was on the co-ed oh, team wow. and went to Daytona and everything. Yeah, back in, I think, I'm not going to say an age because I don't know. But it, was, <laughs> no it, was, it was a couple of years. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to say an age. But, <laughs> and they were all trying to get me to cheer for the longest time. And they put me like in game day cheerleading in high school. And I mean, it, that's nothing like what we do. It's just like cheers and signs and megaphones. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'd never... Right. Yeah. So I didn't even flip my body or anything. And I was, that's why I originally also didn't want to do college cheerleading. So I was not a huge fan of game day cheerleading. And I was like, not trying to pursue that as a career. And then when I found out like about Daytona and how there's like a whole competitive side to cheerleading, like looking back, I wish I had been put in all-star cheerleading growing up because I would have loved it. Wow. So it, from the point of you being in high school, a gymnast, uh, what intrigued you to cheerleading? Is it was it when they started reaching out to you? How did they even find you? How did they Monica? Can you say and, that again? Oh, I'm sorry, you cut out. It's okay. So, um, what intrigued you to become a cheerleader, or and even like how did they find you, or is it well the point that they found you is that when you started like thinking of to become a cheerleader? How did that happen? So this was when I was at the clinic at Cheer Athletics, and they had me start trying like full ups and stuff. And I was hitting everything like first try and they thought I, they were like, where did you cheer at? And I was like, well, I don't cheer. I'm a gymnast and they wow. love gymnasts. Like all college coaches love gymnasts because yeah, you have this natural body control and body awareness. That's just like instilled in your brain from a young age. So like whenever I watch people that cheer with me, they have to be told like, like squeeze your body this way, point your toes, hold your legs at this angle. But like, for me, those are all angles that I've been like instilled on how you hold a handstand on the beam or the bars. So it just makes it easier oh, yeah. on the coaches. But also it's like just the tumbling aspects a little hard for gymnasts to pick up and like running tumbling for us. It's like you run, run off hand double. There's no like Arabian through to whip fulls. Like you don't do that stuff in gymnastics. It's like a straight running pass, stick stand, pretty hand. And I had to learn how to be sharp, things like that. And they liked me too, because I was really small. 
and it's really hard to find tip tops at the college level. I'm four foot eight, so I'm very, very short. And Vonte <laughs> needed a tip top because they were losing two last year. And that's also why he wanted me to was to be the third level of the pyramid. Can you uh, explain for the people that don't know what's a tip top? You said top? what? Can you explain for the people that don't know, the audience that may not know what uh, the tip top is, what a tip top is? Yes. Yes. So a tip top, there's three levels to college pyramids. You have like the shoulders, which are like the boys for co-ed teams. Then you have mid layers, which are you're more like tumbler girls that lift like us who are on the third level. And we're the ones that get thrown from the bottom all the way up to the third level of the pyramid. And this typically happens at like the very end of the routine after all of them have tumbled, stunted, jumped, flipped. So everyone's really tired at that point. <laughs> So that's when they like, like, I, Vonte calls us the midgets. So he, he <laughs> likes the midgets to be the tops. Cause yeah, I'm four foot eight. So I technically am a legal midget, but <laughs> he just always jokes <laughs> about that. <laughs> that is so funny. Yes. So from gymnastics to cheer athletics, is that what? That's just where I was. Uh, Cause I was at a, state gymnastics competition and then my teammate actually saw that they were hosting a clinic at cheer athletics so that's why we went yeah. ah that's why that's yes. what i wanted to know how did you get into cheer athletics um you know all-stars or you know but you didn't you didn't compete for them at all you just went to a clinic yeah i just went for like a little clinic they had on a saturday there and it was like a college recruit like combine or something and wow. my mom was like you're going yeah, so and then they found me there. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, Thanks. During your journey of gymnastics and cheerleading, have you ever had to mm -hmm. let go of people in your life to be where you are now and why? Um, definitely. I don't really talk to people from my hometown. Um, I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of like the quality of people there and the mindsets because like, I felt like I was always super driven. Um, I didn't really need to be pushed by coaches. It's nice to have that at this level, but I never really needed that. And I was always the one wanting to go, like, above and beyond. And it was often, like, looked down, looked down upon, which was kind of weird where I came from. So I think it's just, like, a difference of mindsets. Like, I have a growth mindset for sure. And I felt like I was at a program where there was a lot of fixed mindsets and I was just kind of ready to get out of that gymnastics area because keep in mind, gymnastics is a very individual sport. Like you're not cheering on your team. It's like, okay, if she falls, then I win. Like that's kind of the mindset. And in cheer, it's like you want everyone on your team to do as best as they can because y'all are all fighting for the same goal. And in gymnastics, like it really doesn't matter how your teammates do because for the team score like they're going to take the top three scores on each event so either way like our team was stacked for gymnastics we went undefeated all four years that I was with that program like we never lost a single competition so it was like I feel like a lot of people just kind of stopped working hard because they became complacent and I wasn't in that area. Like I was ready to grow. And if I could have gone to the Olympics, I totally would have in gymnastics. But when you in gym and the USA, especially if you're not like already on the national team by the time you're 15, like you're not going to the Olympics. That's just how it goes. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yes. I keep in touch with like two friends from high school still. They actually came and visited Trinity Valley, I think last year around this time. And it was really good to see them and they were just like you're a completely like different person like we can just tell you're in your element and i was like i am i was like i love every bit of this oh that's awesome it's amazing yeah. to see how young you are and where i mean like i've seen all your videos some you know a lot of your videos and i was just amazed and impressed by your athleticism how like your drive and i'm sure it takes a lot of discipline to to be where you're at, you know, and do the things you do. How, Definitely, yes. How has, um, are there times where you're like, uh, you know, I I need to take a break or I don't want to do this or you're always go, go, go? Um, I would say sometimes I get like that, especially around Daytona season when it gets very repetitive because you're working on like the same routine every single day. 
So there's some days where I'm like that, but I think that that's why I love co-ed stunning so much is like, that's my individual thing where I can constantly work on new things every day. So it keeps it very entertaining for me. And like now, like I'm at the point where it's hard to like get new skills in co-ed stunning, but then that's when I developed like the whole, oh, wow, like we can create skills. Like I like had this like brain explosion. I was like, we can do things no one's ever done before. So then we start dedicating time to like figuring out how to make things work. And like, we're going to be the first to take this to one leg and one arm, like just things like that. And that's definitely what keeps it. um, It keeps me going, if that makes sense. And I also really like helping people. And I, I love seeing like the boys faces when they hit a skill because like I can name every single guy that I hit my like first skills with. And I, it meant a lot to me that like they took out their time to help me. And now I love doing that for other people. And I love helping girls too, because I can, there's some girls that do get very frustrated when things don't come easy to them. And I like being there, being like a mental coach as much as like a physical coach too. Yeah. Well, nothing comes easy. And I'm sure you're, right. you're, a, you're um, an example of that. Um, but Definitely. yeah, what's, what's one of your biggest regrets in either gymnastics or cheerleading? Um, I can definitely name my biggest regret in gymnastics. Um, so I was at level eight state championship qualification and I was really sick leading up to this competition and bars was always my event in gymnastics. Like I was, I was breaking records and things like that for our school. Um, and I like, that was my event. So that wasn't something you would ever like expect me to mess up on, if that makes sense. Like my event that I would mess up on would be like vault, but like bars, what happened was very unexpected. And it actually cost me like um, the placing that I wanted. And I, right before I went, I started thinking about my pirouette on bars, which is like you're in a handstand on the low bar and you twist around, you do a kip up to get to the high bar. And the pirouette was like my second skill. It was my second skill, like my opener basically. And like, right as I was about to jump to the low bar, I started thinking about it. And like, my brain was like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? Like, so when I was going, I literally forgot how to do a pirouette and I fell. And then I got up and tried it again, fell again. And then I had to jump and finish the rest of my routine. And at that point I was so tired from like trying to keep myself from falling. Like the rest of my routine was just horrible and I couldn't even finish my dismount. And I still qualified, but like it was like such a low score that it, I don't even remember if I made it all around qualifications. I think it was like individual for the other three events. So I wouldn't have been able to do bars anyways at state. And that's like, that was my event. So I just, also my coach was, again, crazy. There's a lot of crazy uh, club coaches. Like I'm sure, you know, gymnastics background is, it's just as crazy as cheerleading is when you're at that level. So um, I ended up not going, but that actually taught me like a very valuable lesson is that I need to trust my reps. And now like anytime before I go out and compete, especially in cheerleading, I always remind myself like I've done this hundreds of times and there's nothing I can do now to change anything. So I just need to accept that like, we're about to go do this and what's going to happen is going to happen. And I need to trust my body because it knows what it's doing. And that's like kept me going on the right track so far. Like I've I've competed at Daytona uh, every year now, and both days have gone good. Knock on wood. So I've done good both days, and I always nice. tell myself that and tell my team that. Like, there's no reason for us to doubt ourselves now because you have to trust your reps, and that's really all you can do, and that's all you can control about those types of situations is the work that you put in and that it's gonna pay off. So like. I, in hindsight, like that did teach me a lesson that I don't think I would be able to handle now because Daytona is a very, very big competition and it causes a lot of nerves because you can see everybody, but it's also really, really fun. And I'm glad that I learned that lesson back then and not now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you think that um, you overthinking that led you to falling? And not trusting yourself. 
Yes, 100%. And I still catch myself doing that sometimes. And I have to like kind of mentally coach myself, just say the things that I tell other people to myself. And I have to make myself believe it. And that happens a lot too, like before partner stunning routines. Like you can do that partner stunning routine like 43 times. But the minute you go out there in front of all those people, it's just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But like, you know what you're doing and you just got to go with the flow and do what your body knows how to do. And that's the type of stuff that I tell myself before I go out. And I'm just glad that I experienced that at like 14 and not at 20. Yeah, it's a completely, I mean, I, I, I'm still like in shock yeah. that you started so late in the game and you were doing all these crazy things. I mean, gymnastics did help you, but still cheerleading and gymnastics, yes. they're completely two different beasts. Definitely, they are. I think uh, partner stunning has always just kind of come naturally to me. And I, I just wish I had started earlier because I feel like I would have had a lot more fun. Uh, growing up with an like an all-star cheer background and I think it would have I don't regret doing gymnastics though I definitely think that that kind of helped me more than preventing me from doing anything that was your foundation for sure definitely so why do you say that par partner stunting comes natural to you when you were a gymnast you were alone this that was it was just you mm -hmm. so um I think partner stunning is the most similar thing to me to gymnastics because I'm not used to like being out on a competition floor with 19 other people doing it with me. So that part's easy to me because I'm like, okay, I have all these other people out here with me. Like we're going to do great. And if anything, I'm more worried about like other people than I'm worried about myself. And I like right. having like that reassurance that other people are out there with me. But partner stunning is what's familiar to me. Like, it's all eyes on me. I'm the only one in the center of the floor. And I only have to worry about one other person. And that's the part that I feel like is easy for me to pick up on is that trust that you have to have with that person. Because I, I am more not trusting myself than, like, my base, if that makes sense. And that's yeah. when I have those mental code, like, those mental talks. And sometimes I see my base freaking out. And I'm like, we got this. Like, yeah. stop thinking do what we always do at practice. And uh, the whole aspect of partner stunning is there, there were some things that took me a long time to figure out, like uh, Hannah hands for whatever reason. Like I could not figure out how to do the Hannah hand drop in like a regular pop through for the longest time. Because I was so little that like the boys would dip and my body would just like stay straight mm. and it would, they would still catch it. But, like, I didn't figure out how to do, like, the whole cheat and roll up and all yeah. that for a long time. And I remember Blonte used to get so mad at me. <laughs> it was funny <laughs> thinking about it now. But, like, for me, with skills like that, like, I would not leave the cave until I figured it out. Like, if there was something I was stuck on, I was like, okay, I'm not leaving until I do three of these. So that way I know that, like, I know what I'm doing. And then um, I also, like, am a huge fan of teaching skills right after you get them because I think that if anything it helps it like lock in your brain more like what both parties have to do in partner stunning it helps you like verbally speak the parts that you do and it helps your brain process it better and then helps you understand what the bases have to do to make like the whole thing work and the catches and things like that so um that's pretty much like how I feel like I picked up things so fast is like once I mastered those stuff and we're able to teach it, then I would be like, okay, I want to learn back dubs. And my rookie year at the Valley, we did not have like super, super elite stunners yet. Um, so I was pretty much learning like full twist and rewinds and hand skis with people that had never done it before either. So that was also a fun part is I didn't feel like yeah. I was basically doing a private, like we were both learning and we were both benefiting from the situation. But once it got to skills like backhand dubs and things like that, that's whenever I met like Lala, who's my stunt partner now. He actually found me on Instagram and uh, was like, can I come down and stunt with you this weekend? And fun fact, my current partner at the time, Josh Hill, we had just done our partner stunt routine uh, qualification video. And I actually like shattered my nose. So when Lala got there with like Steven and Josh Mulch, a bunch of people on Team USA, I couldn't even stunt with them because I had just had surgery. <laughs> so I was so mm -hmm. mad. So they were like, yeah, they were like, we're going to make you a promise. Like, we'll be back. And then I ended up seeing them at NCA, and I competed with Class 7, my first all-star competition ever. I was at Cheer Athletics Class 7 that year. 
and we won in CA, which was cool. So my first ever cheer competition ever, we won. And um, I didn't realize how big of a deal that was at the time because apparently winning in CA is like really hard. Huge. And now I get it because it is hard to win in CA, but I just got lucky in my first competition. <laughs> and then I stunted with Keyshawn, Lala, and a bunch of other people in a hotel lobby right outside of uh, the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center. And then that's when we did all those videos that went viral, like the back handspring triple up and things like that. So then I had all of these boys on Team USA. They were, like, asking me to stunt with them. They were like, I'll come to Dallas. I'll come to Trinity Valley. Like, can we stunt? So I started throwing crazy stuff with them. And I picked up a lot of, like, technique for super elite skills. Then I went back to the Valley and started teaching, like, Josh Hill, who is my stunt partner. And then we started kind of building, like, a powerhouse of, like, super elite athletes for, like, last year's team stunning-wise. Like, we've always had really good tumblers, like, amazing best-in-the-world tumblers. But, like, last year we had, like, a whole team of boys who were doing hand skis, back dubs, like, uh, front one-and-a-halves. And then that's also why – we became like the first ever team at Trinity Valley to compete like spinning inversions, like back handspring full ups, front one and a half. We competed both of those my two years at the Valley. And then um, we actually went to Navarro too. And Lala was like, I really love stunning with you. Like if I come to the Valley, can we do partner set next year? And I thought he was joking, but he actually yeah. came. <laughs> so we did partner set and me and him actually went and taught a bunch of people at Navarro like skills. Like he taught Paige and I taught Oliver their back dubs. And we were just going around like stunning with everyone for fun. And it was just like, it was a really awesome experience. And I think the amount of reps that I got with so many different people all over the cheer industry is really just like what helped me um, get this technique to where I can stunt with anybody now. It's like, I know how to adjust my skills to fit like the way they throw them. And then I also understand what the boys have to do too now so I can teach it. And I think that that's kind of how like I picked up things so quickly was just, it's reps and it's a lot of hard work. Like I definitely was stunning all of the time. Wow. See, I think it like with everything we do in life, I mean, reps, the reps, the more, the more, the more you do it, the more you practice yes. it, you, the more, the better you get. And, um, and you not saying, no, I can't not today. You know, that's awesome. I mean, it, it only benefits you, you, you know, as getting better right. and it shows, it definitely shows. What is something that the sport has taught you that you apply to your daily life outside of cheer? What's something that cheerleading has taught you that you apply to your daily life? Um, to love people for who they are. And I learned that at the Valley. I had a pretty rough rookie year. And I felt like I came from a program where I didn't feel like accepted for who I was. And then I got to a program that had open arms to me pretty much the entire time. But then, I mean, there was people that came from all these super elite all-star gyms in the world. Like they were world champions, had been on this college team prior. They were from California. And like, it was really hard for me to like understand them, I guess. Like why are they, why are they this obsessed with cheerleading? Like, I was like, it's not that deep, you know, and things like that. Or why did they perceive things this way when I perceived it that way? So I learned that perception is reality and it's not really like what you say. It's how the other people are perceiving what you say that matters. And then I learned that like there's keys to success, dedication, discipline, and determination. And if you have a good foundation for all three of those, you're going to be successful in whatever you do. Like what you put into something is what you're going to get out of it. And that really is facts like um, tumbling. I could have honestly put way more effort into it and I'm starting to now, but like I probably could have been bounding by now if I had been working as hard at tumbling as I was at stunning at Trinity Valley. So like it real that's true. What you put in is what you're going to get out. And you also have to realize that like everyone that's around you comes from a different background than what you come from. So the way that you talk to them cannot be the same way that you talk to your best friend. You know, like you got to realize that people come from different cultures, different upbringings, different like family uh, dynamics. And that really like shapes who they are as people. And it made me start to realize that like um, Vonta used to always tell us because we had a great team dynamic last year, but my rookie year was very rough for everybody. 
and we were constantly having like coaches meetings and stuff. And he always used to be like, y'all don't have to like each other, but y'all have to love each other because at the end of the day, y'all are fighting for the same common goal. And y'all need to realize that like, this is all coming from a place of love from everybody. It's just not being delivered the same way that like you're used to. So it made me just really see like everybody on my team differently. And now I can really like walk away and say that I could call like any person on my entire team right now and say like, I need help. And they would be there for me because they get really just taught all of us that like, you don't, there's no reason to um, dislike people really, unless of course they do something to you, but like, you can love everybody for who they are as people. And that's what cheerleading has taught me. And it's taught me how to communicate and uh, be a part of so many different groups of people. Right. Do you feel like, like, do you feel like maybe it was all in your head or maybe you were feeling that way because you're just meeting these new people, they don't know you and it was you and not them. Sometimes, you know, we feel like we're being judged, but we're really not. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, we don't know each other. 100%. No, 100%. That definitely stream stems from like insecurities about yourself. And I mean, like, again, I was the only person there with no cheer experience. I, these like, hardest program in the world to be at in the hardest division to compete in at NCA. So I was definitely extremely insecure when I first got there. I was seeing all these people throwing all these stuff I had never even thought about doing or never thought I would be able to do. And when I first got there, I was, I did feel very judged. And in a way I was because they were really good. And they're like, why is this gymnast here at Trinity Valley? Like the Netflix show, you know, and um, but it was really cool for me to grow as like a like a human and a person and be able to like see myself in a different light too and realize that um, either way, like my hard work is going to pay off and that if they're not going to see me this way, then I'm going to work my butt off to be seen this way. And I became someone that was like a follower, constantly seeking guidance from others around me and approval and a validation to like a leader on the team that didn't need that from anybody. And I was the one giving it out, trying to help people that were in my position. Okay, fill in the blank. Ready? Mm -hmm. A life without blank is not worth living. What would you uh, fill in there? A life without a passion is not worth living because I feel like a passion is your purpose. Oh, nice. You know what I was thinking? Self-love. How about self-love? Self-love. Self-love too. That's yeah. true. Yes. Self-love. I find, well, this isn't very good, but like a lot of my self-love does come from like my athleticism and like academic things like that, things that I love doing. And when I become good at it, like that's, that's my form of self-love, I guess, is like I devoted this much time into something and I'm literally seeing like the results of it. And it just makes me feel like good and like love all of the commitment I put into something. Yeah, I think like self my 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 way of seeing like the self love as well is also like mm-hmm. if you love yourself so so much, there's nothing mm-hmm. that anybody can can that you won't feel judged, you won't feel like somebody's talking about you, and you won't feel like you're less than anybody else because you love yourself so much that nothing mm-hmm. else will will get in the way of that. You know what I mean? That is. That's so funny that you say that because I actually, I have one single tattoo and I got it in France. Uh, It it was like my first time there and I was actually coaching cheer over there this summer. And it said, never let anyone steal your joy. And that was something that all of my gymnastics coaches and Franklin said to me at the Valley was like, I have a tendency to get, I'm really, really hard on myself. And I sometimes let like what, others do affect me too much when I really shouldn't and they have all said like never let anyone steal your joy for something that you love doing and like that's just something that really resonates with me and that is one of my favorite quotes and it's funny that you just said like something similar to that yeah I truly believe in also something with exactly the same thing is never let somebody steal your happiness it's same thing right but Mm -hmm. in a way where in a way where to me, it's like if something, if somebody's out of character, if somebody's mm-hmm. doing something 
don't let that affect you. Don't let that change right. you. You know what I mean? It's so important because right. we get somebody does something to us and we immediately go on the defensive and go right. and get mad. But yep. you gotta you gotta think you're giving that person that power to change exactly. You. Mm -hmm. And that's that's so true. Like at the end of the day, like you're only you're you choose how you react to any situation. And like, that's a very important life lesson I've had to learn is like, you can't control what they do, but you can control how you react to it. And sometimes there are yeah. certain situations that are not worth that at all. And you just gotta, I say, let it rock, just move on, let it rock. It's okay. And like, sometimes people might just be having a bad day. Like I used to go up to people when they were sad and be like, are you okay? And they were like, now's not a good time. And then I would think like, oh, did I do something wrong? But really, like, that's just how they are. Like, they don't want to be talked to right now. And that has nothing to do with me. Like, I just need to let them have their space. Like, it's things like that. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yes. I agree 100%. Mm -hmm. yep. Name three people you love the most. Go. My mom, 100%. She's been my biggest supporter through everything and has been through all the ups and downs of my character growth and athleticism growth. Like she's really been there for me 100% of the time. Um, my dad, my dad wasn't in my life for like seven years. Um, he was got, not or was, was not. Yeah. Was not. Um, I stopped visiting him. My family's been divorced my entire life. So I kind of always grew up going back and forth. And that was like another thing that really made gymnastics a struggle for me too, was I was missing out on a lot of practices and stuff. And I had like a very difficult family situation. And I kind of felt like they were putting me in the middle of it when I shouldn't have had anything to do with their disagreements. And it was like punishing me so I wouldn't get to spend more time with this person or that person. So I was right. missing practices and things I really cared about and so like once I hit that age, like I, me and my dad stopped talking until I turned uh, 18 and it was really cool though, because wow. he, since my 18th birthday, like he is like one of my favorite humans in the world. And he's been like there for me all the time, has been traveling to Utah to support me at games here, went to the Valley to support me there, flew to Daytona, like and he's really good to ask for advice and things like that, too. And my mom's more of like an emotional person. And sometimes when I'm thinking, like seeking a logical solution, that's when I go to my dad. So love my dad. And then I would say, oh, this is hard. I would say Franklin at the Valley, because he taught me like so many important life lessons. And um I wouldn't say like, um, what's a good way to say it? He helped me grow with confidence that I was always needing to get to the level that I'm at now. And I felt like my lack of confidence kind of held me back some. And he helped me real like helped me learn how to have humble confidence, like you doing things and like you working hard shouldn't make other people feel a certain way. And if they're saying things to you, that's an insecurity within them. And you need to keep like working hard and doing what's best for you. And he helped me see like myself in a different light, I guess. So like I'm the one constantly like uplifting others and that's kind of my job. And that's what brings like me like uh, self-love is I love helping other people feel accomplished and find that confidence that I found with Franklin's help that makes sense and that's really important kind of like what you said yeah and I mean my family was always doing that too but it's different hearing your mom say like go sweetie and then like a grown man that doesn't know you like to yeah. give you the rundown you know what I mean yeah I support you in that way like a yes. father figure would yes he was definitely a father figure and he still checks up on me like every single week I love coach Franklin nice awesome yes well okay one more person. I hope you say what I'm hoping you say. Myself. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. I think it's important to love yourself. Seriously. Yes. And we always, it's funny how I had that a question asked to me one time too. And I never thought mm -hmm. of myself, you know, that it's important to love yourself no matter what. It is. 
It is. And I definitely do. And I just need to learn to also, I think this is also something that I've seen a lot of people in cheerleading struggle to find a purpose after cheerleading. And that's kind of why I'm glad like I had a whole life before cheer, because I know that once my time is up, like it's not going to be the end of the world. And then you see people that are kind of having, I don't want to say like midlife crises, but they'll like return, return to cheer to try to find like that purpose again, you know, and you can't, that's something I had to learn too, is you can't like find all of your self-love and validation through like sports, because at the end of the day, we grow old and you really can't do that sport forever. Like you have to find a purpose outside of like cheer, like, and that could be helping others, coaching, things like that. If that makes sense. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know, cheerleading um, is all about teamwork, right? right? So in your opinion, what's one critical factor that you need in cheerleading to have a strong team? Communication. I've coached all over the world and I see a lot of times like that there's a very obvious problem going on, but they'll just kind of look around because everyone's scared to be that person to speak up. And what I always tell like my girls or my co-ed teams is I'm like, there is never going to be a solution to a problem if the problem is not addressed. And if you're repeating the same thing over and over, expecting a different outcome, then that's insanity. And I think that's actually a quote from Albert Einstein. I kind of reworded it, but I read that once and it really just made sense in my head. And I feel like a lot of times people are like, well, why is this still going wrong? And I'm like, well, you haven't communicated with your bases about what you feel and what the issue is. And same thing with like a team dynamic. My rookie year, we lacked communication entirely. And when there was communication, it was not positive communication. It was very negative, constantly bringing everybody down. This past year was the best team dynamic I have ever had on any team in my life. And I felt like I could go up to any person be like what you said, like hurt my feelings. And they'd be like, I'm so sorry it came out that way. Or I could be like, hey, I think you should do this in your basket. It'll make the body position better. Or I would be like, hey, can you watch this for me and tell me what I need to work on? Like if there is no communication going on about solutions, then there's going to be no positive outcome. And again, at the end of the day, you are all fighting for the same goal. And if everyone on that mat isn't doing their best, then they are not doing their job. Very well said. Thank you. Um, so I know you said you coach Franklin, you mentioned coach Franklin, but mm-hmm. do you have any, do you have another mentor? Um, who is it and how has he or she helped you achieve your goals? Hmm. That's a good question. Coaching wise, like, see, I haven't really been coached by that many people because I just got into cheer. So I really only had like Molly, Franklin and Vonte and Molly and Vonte are definitely like good mentors for me. But I feel like I don't really have a person. I would say like it's the people that I like would watch above me and I'm not someone that like looks at people with envy I'm someone that looks at them in amazement and like they're my muse and I'm like I want to be like them and then that's when I got into that competitive mindset like I want to be like them or better than them you know and it would be kind of like a hey how did you do this how did you get through this obstacle like team USA for example right now is my obstacle like I want to be on that team. I've been seeking advice from all of these people who have been on the team prior on like what I need to do for this tryout this year, things like that. And I would say like, I've gotten help from so many different athletes, but it's me watching them grow from like two years ago. For example, my big here at Weber, she was an all around queen when I was at the Valley. Like I looked up to her, she would tumble and bound. She would fly. She would basket. She had the best jumps on the team. Like seriously could do it all. And I used to be like, wow, I want to be her. She was center flyer in 2021 when they won uh, the year before I got there. And like, I wouldn't really say it's like the advice that she gave me that mentored me. It was like me realizing that there is a possibility to like be that good. And that's kind of what motivates me. Is that like, was your I'm, goal. I'm, yes, it became a goal for me. And I'm very like, I'm very like goals and oriented and I plan out goals. And I think that that's something a lot of people should do too. A lot of people have goals, but they don't have a foundation and a plan to achieve those goals. And at that point, you don't know what path to take. 
So I think whenever I watch other people and I learn from their wrongs or I'm like, oh, that works for them. So I'm going to try it too. Like those are the people that have mentored me and it's through what they do, not necessarily like what they say. Right. I agree. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Name one goal that you would like to accomplish in the next few years. Oh, to do with cheerleading or no. anything? Anything. Anything. Have you set a goal for yourself in like the next few years? Yes. Academic wise, I have goals in all areas of my life. Academic wise, I really want to get a magna cum laude. I got, uh, they called it highest honors at the Valley. And like academics are super important to me. I've wanted this degree that I'm in since before I even got to college. Like I knew this was going to be the route I took. And it just happened to coincidentally have the same degree here at Weber. So I was like, wow. this is, too yeah, I was like, this is hitting two birds with one stone here. So I really want to get magna cum laude. My mom was like 0.2 away from getting it in college. She got summa cum laude. And she said that was like her biggest regret because she missed one day of class or something. Oh. And it missed a test. Yeah, so she, like, always told me this story growing up. So now it's in my head. I'm like, school, school, school. <laughs> like, so now I want to be able to graduate, like, with the highest academic status and the highest athletic status. So that's kind of my goal. Um, Cheer-wise, definitely would be Team USA and winning gold because I really want to represent, like, the United States of America. That was always my goal and dream in gymnastics and I was really distraught when I kept getting hurt and kind of accepted my reality that that probably wasn't going to happen. And then when I found out that like, wow, I'm actually like, I'm like, I was like, I'm good at cheer. Like maybe I could do this. Like I was like, wow. And then I started looking at the skills they were doing and I'm like, I've literally done everything like that they're doing or more. And I was like, this is a realistic possibility for me. So that's why I've been working my butt off to try to get all the baskets, the tumbling, which I was lacking. And all of that stuff now. And that's my goal there. And then there's chit chat about it being in the Olympics in 2028. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I'll still be in college at that point. I'll be like 24 turning 25. So that's definitely a goal for me there too. And then um, it's honestly kind of all that I've been focusing on. I'm, I'm still young, so I don't really have like fam family goals or anything like that but yeah. I do want to still stay in contact you know with like my mom and my dad's side of the family and everything nice so, yeah. I love that I love that goal Thank so what do you, you want to do with your degree what what is that degree what when you graduate what do you want to do so it's a biomedical engineering degree I'm still kind of in the earlier uh classes for it I haven't gotten to like the extremely um what is it called degree specific courses but I pretty much finished all of my basics because I did only AP and dual credit classes in high school. And um, what you do is you create and design things for like that will help people. And again, I love like helping people yeah. and cheer. So now I get to help people like just in life. And that could be creating artificial limbs. That could be creating braces for athletes. Oh. Like it would still resonate back with like something I love doing in sports if I want it to. It just depends like where I actually want to go. And by the time I actually get that degree, like it's like a six year, like long process. Wow. And I, yeah, and I have like, I think four and a half years left of it still. So, and who knows, I might be burnt out of cheer by then. I don't know. So I could go like a complete opposite route and do stuff for like the earth. Cause it, there is a bio side, but right. I also could still like stick with cheer. If I am still cheering, doing like Team USA, I could create like braces that I need that yeah. haven't been thought of yet. Things like that. The, the possibilities yes. are endless right now for you. Right. Yes, That's sir. That's awesome. I'm just um, sad though, because I wish there was more like eligibility for college because I can only touch the mat three more times, which is sad, but it's okay. Really? Three more each years? And that's it? Yeah. Yeah. You only get five years to touch the mat at Daytona. Oh, wow. I did not know and that. Then, yes. Um, there's some athletes that were athletes during COVID and they got two extra years. So they got to touch it seven times total, like Colin, Gabby, Molly, like all of them from that area. Boosh and some of them, Jelani, that are on the team with me right now, like they're finishing out their like seventh year right now because they got that extra eligibility. I know. So I'm like, wow. dang. All these people are leaving you when you're at your prime. <laughs> it's sad. 
there's there's a ton of athletes coming up though that I don't see it slowing down anytime soon like the fact that backhand dubs and front pops are becoming like a common skill now is crazy yeah the I mean just the athleticism is amazing all right tell me about one of the hardest challenges you've had to overcome um definitely my rookie year making that um that was kind of what came down to I was dealing with a lot of mean girls I would say nowhere near as like bad of what I dealt with in high school you know just because maturity levels change of course and it, it really wasn't that bad looking back but I was caring a lot about what my teammates thought about me making that and for whatever reason like my team had this idea in their head that I was fighting for a spot with this girl on the team and then I let it get in my head and I started dropping things at practice and I was just being really insecure and caring so much about other people thinking that I deserved that spot. And then that's when I had that conversation with Franklin where he was like, well, for one, she's a tumbler girl and she happens to fly as well. But he was like, Haley, you can fly with anybody on this team. You were never fighting for a spot. And I was like, wow. Like that you said, he's like, stop letting these people steal your joy and take away your love of cheerleading. And like, I mean, I'm kind of summarizing it for you, but this was like yeah. a, three month long like mental battle of like me crying and like being really depressed and I was ready to go back to gymnastics after that year like I was I was done at Daytona I really was like whatever what happens happens and then you can obviously tell though that our dynamic wasn't there because I don't know if you watched Trinity Valley in 2022 but it was a mess day one it was a mess day two it was great and that's why we knew, like, as rookies becoming the leaders of the program this past year, that we could not let what happened last year happen this year. So we were constantly there for the rookies. Like, what do you need from us? What can we do better? What do you need leadership-wise? Like, what will make you feel confident? So that way, when we all went out there, we had not a single doubt within anyone on our team. We all knew we were going to hit both days. Like, we were locked in and ready. And... I remember like before we went out there, some of them looked a little scared and my uh, teammate Tyler, he's here at Weber with me now, but he was one of like my biggest mentors uh, boy wise. He was there three years at the Valley and he was like, guys, do you trust the person standing next to you? And we were like, yes. And then he was like, so why do y'all look like that? We have nothing to worry about. We're just showing off at this point. And we were like, yeah, yeah. So we went out there and like, we say that the Valley has like a curse. Like they have never hit building day one ever, ever, literally ever. Either a pyramid dropped or a stunt dropped every single year. And last year was the first year in history that Trinity Valley has hit both days. So that's why, yeah, that's why it was just like, even though like the outcome that happened, we don't necessarily think that it was fair or accurate, but like, that feeling that we all had walking off the mat is a feeling I'm never going to forget. Like I remember just looking at like the crowded like band shell with stands, people trying to climb on the floor and they were pushing them off. Like, and I just remember like that feeling of like, wow, like we really just like all the work was worth it. Like I would not change anything from my two years at the Valley for that feeling that I had leaving the mat. And I just knew at that point, like I was ready for Weber and that was something I had to go through, though, to be able to be at a program like this where everyone is, like, amazing. Like, I went from being the worst person on, like, the Valley to being, like, the best flyer that was helping everybody on the entire team, including people over me, to now where I'm at Weber, where everyone is throwing the same stuff as me. They are better than me. They are on Team USA, you know, and, like, I don't think I would survive here if I didn't learn to find that confidence within myself to where, like, I don't need that from my teammates. You know, it's like, I know I'm good. And I know that like, I'm going to hold my own and I don't need you to tell me that like, I don't deserve this or do deserve it. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Wow. That's so impressive. And it's funny that you you say that better than you. And then that's when we grow the most, I believe. Like Mm -hmm. when you're, when you're with people that are better than you, that's when you actually get to grow. Yes. And I actually had something really cool happen. Do you know Catabella? Cat? No. 
Kat is like definitely one of the best flyers in the world right now. I'm sure if you like look her up on Instagram, you'll be like, oh, like I know who that is. She's really good from Team um, Australia. Yeah. And she was one of the girls that I used to look at her videos when I first started cheering. I was like, how does she do that? Like, what the heck? And then she came and told me like last week, she was like, yeah, I used to look at your videos at the Valley. Like I would try to learn these skills off of your Instagram. And I was like, you're kidding me. I was like, I was like, what? And I thought she was joking, but she was like, no, like seriously. And I was just like, bro, you're my friend right now. And I used to idolize you. And <laughs> like when you, yeah, like you're just right. When you surround yourself with people that just, one, are confident within themselves, they are capable of being like a good friend to you to uplift you. And then like, that's how the best athletes in the world are end up at Weber. Like, I feel like there's just a lot of really good people with good character and good skills. And that's always what Matt and Summer preach to us is like, you have to show us something that separates you from the other people because realistically, y'all are all replaceable because y'all can all do all of the best skills in the world, but I need the people with good character and who are going to be good people on the mat and not bring others down. That's what's going to separate you at a place like here. And I was like, that's a really good point. It's yep. a really good point. And in life. That's, yep, it, yep that's awesome. Yes. Okay, listen. If we can do a part two mm -hmm. that would be awesome if you can because yeah. i have a bunch of questions still to ask you but so little time um, thank you for having me i'm so sorry about the miscommunication with it's the time okay time. no worries oh, no worries I saw at all you sent me that link in class and i was like maybe he's just sending it early and then i looked at instagram <laughs> and i was like oh my gosh i was like crap <laughs> all right guys so we're running out of time and i wish we can keep going but there's going to be a part two for this, for sure. Is that right? Yes, I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, so Sorry, just, I, talk, I talk a lot. <laughs> it's okay. I love it. Um, so just to for the audience that doesn't know, earlier we had a miscommunication on time because she's in Utah and I'm in South Florida. And I was like, 11 o'clock? Yeah, 11 o'clock. And then all of a sudden her 11 o'clock is like 9 o'clock over there. Yep. So <laughs> we started a little late. And so... Therefore, you're going to get to see Haley again on a part two, and it's going to be exciting. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be back. I'll see you again. Yes. Later.